And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone and welcome to the Weighing In Podcast. My man there, Josh Thompson, is ready to just sling all kinds of verbiage towards you. Now, it won't make sense and that's okay because that's the way it always is. He's trying to talk about how good looking he is. That's why he was touching his hair. We all know. Getting wrinkled, getting gray, (laughs) and I'm not talking about me. Oh, man. What's up, baby? John looks like an overgrown Sharpay. Oh, but- dude, I am. I'm like, a, dude, it's what me and a Sharpay puppy uh, have in common. Yes. Wrinkles and folds. But, you know, I got to be honest, though. For someone who's almost 80, you do look good, though, still. You yeah, do. thank you. you, know, hey, you come on. you got. When we were in California, I had women saying, no, you're not that old. Oh, right? I know. and But they were also blind, so they didn't really no, know. No, they were not blind. They had, to go, they had to go based off your voice, and then they said it was kind of <laughs> sounded younger and... And this and that, but uh, they didn't know your like, age either. Well, you started the carnivore which, diet, which which means you might be right. They might have been blind. Yeah, <laughs> but you started the carnivore diet, and since you started the carnivore diet, you started at the CBS Bellator show, correct? Yep. Like the week out that week just after. Before. Yeah. Oh, just before. Yeah. Two, and two um, and you you lost a lot of weight. What 25, 30 pounds? Thirty some pounds. 30 something pounds and you look good, man. You look good. I'd be a little scared like in the beginning, you know, um, if it's clogging up the poopage a little bit, but <laughs> it doesn't do that. But you said it doesn't. And then uh-huh. I listened to a little bit of Rogan when he had talked about it. He's like, Oh no, it, it actually does the opposite. It kind of flushes you through. Can at yeah. times. So it's good. Know. You know, it's it, the best part about it. first off life is a pain in the ass as far as, you know, meals and things like that. When you're, when you're on a diet, yeah, especially when you're like traveling and flying mm-hmm. and stuff, it makes it makes it really easy because it's yeah. like ah, I can't have that, can't have it, can't have it, and it just I know I'll wait until you know I get to some place that I can get something that I can eat. It just makes it easy. But pretty much everywhere has a steak or a yeah. chicken or, or hamburger you know, or, or hamburger pork chop or something. But like the that. hamburger, just the patty, like yep. that's all you need. Like I just need the hamburger patty or a pork that's chop, it. you know. And you can do eggs also. That to me is yep. key. Oh yeah, I have to do eggs, man. Like Dude, eggs, that was one, of the, ha- well, was one of the first things I looked at. I said, "Oh, I can yeah. do eggs." Okay, <laughs> yeah, because I'll eat on the average. I probably eat anywhere between six to eight eggs a day. Yeah, I just I don't know what it is. And egg, the eggs are just my thing, you know. But I here's the thing: I can get away without like the potatoes and the you know and all the carbs and shit. But man, I love veggies. I'm a veggie guy. I just I love. I agree. Veggies. You you know you that's don't, the hard part. For it's me. funny because you say that, and I believe you totally. And I'll sit there and say, ah, I'm not a real veggie guy, so it'd be easy. And then you look and you go, man, I'd really like to have those vegetables right yeah. there, or onions or whatever it is. It's like, mm-hmm. ah, but I know. It's all right. Like I love me some raw onions. And oh, I yeah. love, I can't, I hate cooked onions, but I love raw onions. I like any kind of onion. And I love broccoli. I'm a big broccoli, broccoli person. You thing. get that Romanesca uh, broccoli versus the regular broccoli. That yep. fucking, ah, oh, it's fucking. Or broccolini. Broccolini. I can do some broccolini. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just, I got to have some veggies with it. Nothing wrong with that. I get it. You don't have but to. But I know you don't you have want to. It, which is, I do. But see, okay. So it doesn't matter. I think that's, I don't care if you're on a diet. The real thing is processed foods. Stay away from processed foods. Mm. You know, if you're, if you're eating something that lives on the land or comes from the land, you're good. 
You, you know what I, for me, what one of my biggest things is, is to stay away from things that are just soaked in sauce. I can't yeah. do that shit, man. Ugh, I get, I get grossed out. Like we were, we went to the noodle shop, the yeah. whatever there. And that shit was just soaked in sauce. And I just ate the meat out of it. And I was like, Ugh. and I, I really wanted the bell peppers because they were crispy, but they were just soaked and drenched in the sauce. And I'm like, Ugh. I didn't even eat them, man. I just, I wanted to, but I just didn't because I can't get things with sauce. But when I go to places with the steak, do you want it in the Jack Daniels, you know, barbecue nope. sauce? No, don't put it on there. I want a steak. You know, your pork chop. With your pork chop, do you no. want it with the mandarin sauce? No, no you, put ca- you can put Cajun Apple seasoning glaze. on it. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, no, I don't want it with anything. I just want it the way it is. And if it, if you guys can't make it taste good with just salt and pepper, then then I don't want your steak. Like, I don't know. It's, maybe <laughs> I'm just super high maintenance when it comes to that type of shit. That's not high maintenance. It's pretty I low maintenance. A, That's how you make a steak. Yeah, I don't put a lot of shit on my steak, man. I'll sometimes melt some butter and I'll kind of uh, see now garlic. Yeah, pour over the butter. Garlic. Yeah, you can do garlic butter. Yeah, you know I've gotten into this blue cheese a little bit. The blue cheese crumbles over the over fillet. Yeah, Yeah. you know who got me into that was Rockhold, man. Luke Rockhold. He can that kid can he can cook. Oh yeah, he can cook. He cooks all of his own shit. I know that when he was in camp, he would sometimes fly out Dan Leith. Uh, who was a nutritionist and he, we, a lot of the AKA guys used him. I used him for a bunch of fights, but uh, he got that, I think from Dan Leith and Dan just, man, he could cook, but this guy, but uh, Luke kind of got me into it with the blue cheese crumbles. No, oh, I fell in love with it, man. So I'll do a little blue cheese over the, over the filet, you know, what? salt and pepper filet with a little yeah. bit of blue cheese on there. Well, see, you know, you know, I live, my, my daughter lives right down from me. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's, She's the one that's cooking all my meals because she's a she's a culinary chef. Man, it's hard to get away from going anywhere with when yeah. home has got unbelievable Different. cooking. She may and she makes me like she says, "Is this enough?" And it's like, "Is yeah, yeah." <laughs> it's like crazy. So I have a family that is I consider like my own family, and um, they live in Panama now, but they lived up in North Idaho. They're from LA area originally, and then I was best friends with their son. And, um, the husband, it was like, I look at him like a father to me. And obviously the, the, the wife is also like a mother to me, but they helped, they helped me a lot when I was in high school. And even when I got out of high school, helped me through a lot of adversity and stuff. But it's funny. We used to always eat at their house after whether soccer practice, wrestling practice, whatever, hanging out on the weekends. The dad was always barbecuing and, uh, I call him Papa Bill and Bill would always barbecue. And he fucking could barbecue, man. Like he'd wrap the fillets, you know, and he'd tie them up and then he'd sear them a little bit here. Sear them a little, and it was so good. Damn good. A little bit of salt and pepper, sometimes a little glaze over it, but fantastic. And I would always like, man, how come we don't go? Like, we should all go out to eat. And he's like, why? <laughs> he's like, I know how I like my steak. Yep. He's like, and I'm going to go pay $80 for a steak down there when I can know I can make it the way I want right here at home. And I'm like, it changed my whole way of thinking. That's true. And I always thought I had to go to like Morton's or I had to go to go to like Ruth Chris or I had to go to, you know, some, some fancy steak place. And yeah. I, we, John, you know, we've all the world, all around the world that you and I have traveled, we've been in some really damn good steak places. Like Just, that place in Chicago that oh. Alex Witt, that Alex Witt took us to from Battle Bars. God bless Alex. Alex, fantastic in Chicago. I was like, I can't remember what it was called. It's like, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a fantastic steak place. And they had a really good old fashioned as well. Um, 
but <laughs> but damn, it was a little salty for me. But you guys like a little salt, a little, little too good. salty for me. It was damn good though. But we've been all around the world and had some really good steaks. Starts with a P. I just can't remember what the hell it was. Yeah, Gibson's was one of my favorites in ah, Chicago. I love Gibson's in Chicago. It's great. It was called Premium Provisions. Prime and Provisions. That's, it. That's what it was. It was Prime and Provisions. Prime and Provisions. Yep. That Fantastic place. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was really good. The setting was nice. The food was good. Uh, the company was great too. Yep. Uh, it was really good, man. We were. I was pretty happy with it. But in Gibson's is really good as well. And there's Gibson's, your old fashioned you pay, right there. Look at that. See, boom, yep. we're showing. And Gibson's, you pay for more of the the ambiance of the history of being at Gibson's. You know, down in downtown. I think it's right there off of Washington. Uh, but a beautiful place, um, great places. But when you realize you know how to make your own steak, you can smoke it. Like I got a green egg, so I smoke all my steaks on my green egg. The big green egg. Yep, I got the big green egg. And I've got a gas burner next to it also. And then yeah. I've also got a nice burner that I can actually do big soup pots in and stuff. So it's pretty nice, man. I love to have my little setup. I need to get something. I need to get a Traeger, a little side Traeger. I have a Traeger. Love my I Traeger. Do. I know. I know, man. I got to get one. Fantastic. You know, when Jen Brown... With us, I taught her how to because we're talking about steaks, and I go, My my biggest problem, and my wife will tell you, she would rather have me cook her a steak than anyone else because, mm-hmm. but all I use is salt, pepper, and butter. But I'm kind of biased, though, she's very biased yeah, when it comes smart. to you, she's very smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, anyways, you know, John, gave, she's been married to you for what 38 years now, yeah, not that smart, <laughs> <laughs> but. I, I showed her how to make one, right? And she, you know, all of a sudden she's sending me videos of, is this it? There you go. And, you know, and it's yeah. all about searing, knowing how to sear the steak. You, you should oven cook a steak first because it changes the, you know, there's a whole molecular structure of the meat and what it does when you break it down and mm-hmm. doing the hot sear and everything. Man, you do, you reverse, it's called a reverse sear. It is the f- best way to have a steak. We also got to have a really good cast iron skillet. Yep. You've got to have one of those, yeah. you know, and not many people and don't maybe, take all the seasoning out of it. No, no, you don't really wash it. You just rinse it, put some coconut oil in it after you rinse it out a little bit and just use a towel and damp it. You just kind of yep. touch it with it and dry it out a little bit that way and then put some coconut oil or whatever seasoning you want or butter back in there a little bit and let it sit. Yep. Very light glaze over the top. Anyways, enough about the food because I'm getting hungry. Thank you. Let's talk. Let's talk about some. Uh, let's talk about some fights. We got some good fights coming up. Another pay per view within like three or four weeks, which means my pocketbook's getting. I'm getting a little, a little bit. bit tired of this. Yeah, I'm getting a little frustrated with this. A lot of money, and I'm getting what nothing there? but heartache from Mrs. McCarthy. She's starting to yell at me. Well, well, John, I I honestly believe with the acquisition of WWE, which who got away from the pay per view model for a while. Am I right there, Dave? I'm yeah, looking, I'm out. Yeah, WWE fans are gonna be really pissed. You watch. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, it's, it's at base. So they did the WWE network for a few years, and then they yep. moved it to Peacock. So it was it was all very it was at base, which I guess is not technically pay per view. Yeah, but then Peacock, their deal is supposed to be coming up. I think within a year, a year yeah. or whatever, maybe two, but I think a year. And once that deal is done, I think they'll move off of Peacock it back into the pay per view model. And I think you're going to see the two of these companies start to raise their price on pay-per-views. You can see all the way up to, I think, $90, $89 per pay-per-view. For Hell, sure. they're almost there now. For sure with WrestleMania. $84.90. Well, here's bucks. the thing. Here's the thing. I, they may not go pay-per-view. 
I'm going to say they may end up doing something like this. I know we're getting off topic. I know we're supposed to talk about the fights. Yeah, but think? since we're kind of since we're kind of already on this a little bit, John, maybe let's just do the news up front and we'll talk about yeah, the we, card. Yeah, for sure. We can do the, you know, the deal for Endeavor. And yes, let, yes. Let's just talk. I want to just talk about this for a while. It's going kind of fresh in my mind. Is that if you... if I think what they're going to look to do is take the two of these, John. You're going to take the UFC and you're going to take WWE. And as soon as their deal with Peacock expires and the ESPN deal expires, I think they're going to shop both of these to like Apple, to Amazon. And they're going to get, and they're going to take that deal to them and say, hey, I think both of these units together can be packaged. You guys will have exclusive rights for an annual or maybe even longer rights than that. But then I think they'll get anywhere between, say, between four to six billion dollars. Because if you think about it, right, the NFL for ten shitty ass NFL ten. games on there on Thursday one night, billion. one game, one billion dollars for ten shitty ass games. And you think, Josh, that's a hundred million dollars per game? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but the, and it is the real the real question here is is like Endeavor is going to have, you know, a fantastic, you know, product if you want to say you know that's obviously different shows and everything, but. They're in control of the two biggest types of fighting or sports entertainment with the mm-hmm. WWE. But the real question is this ESPN has turned away WWE multiple times because they've been, they've, you know, there was a thing about, you know, would they do it? Would they not? And they never did it. You know, and you got to figure the WWE has been on USA, you know, all the different networks there are out there. And then finally, Fox. The UFC's been good for ESPN, but the ESPN's been great for the UFC also. The deal they had with the pay-per-views and everything, it kind of changed the way that they uh, could look at their contracts and what they you know, needed as far as making certain fighters happy and stuff. It was not near as critical because they were guaranteed a certain amount of money. Well, now if they do try to, sh- to shop these two together, is it really taking ESPN out of the equation? Because ESPN's been great for the UFC, fantastic. I don't. I don't think it does. I think the ESPN will be more like-minded and open-minded to this situation. You think so? I really believe so. I know that it's not considered a legitimate sport, but I do believe the numbers, and you know that money speaks. I think yeah. because they're packaging them together, that I think. And look, and ESPN actually had a lot of coverage of this leading up to this, this uh, WrestleMania, they were talking about it a little bit on ESPN. They talk that's about it they, every now and little thing. Yeah. They do. But that's not something they've done. I think that they're hoping, I think that to be in the, in the conversation when it comes to restructuring the deal, once they're off Peacock, the WWE, and once ESPN's uh, deal with the UFC is up, they want to try to probably package it together through Endeavor and see what they can do, what numbers they can come up with. But I really believe, obviously, Ari is a very smart person, and he's done he's done a fantastic job with not just the the UFC, but also with the WWE now coming up. They expect him to do big things with this. But I look at him shopping it to companies like Apple, companies like Amazon. Amazon uh, and Apple are the two that I thought right away that that's where he's going to look and say. I you you say that, John, but I think here's the other thing. Don't ex here's don't expect. Or you should expect companies like YouTube. YouTube has their own TV as well. People sure. forget that. Yeah. They've got all the sports stuff on there. Don't don't expect them not to be in the market because they were in the market, I believe, for 
Thursday and Sunday night football, or maybe it was just Sunday. Yeah, they were in the market for that, and they had came up with some big numbers, and they were close to getting it. So I wonder if they're going to end up going full-fledged on the UFC and going full-fledged on the WWE, packaging it together. I, I could see them getting anywhere between four to six billion. In that market there, I don't know. It really just long? depends. I mean, the two together, I would say for four to six billion, I would say probably a two-year. Two, year two years? Yeah. That's three billion a year? Yeah, I think so. Holy I mean, that shit. that's if you pay. Yeah, I think I think maybe even more, to be honest, if you're going to package it. And I'm just giving you numbers off the top of my head. And everyone knows I'm not good at math if you guys watch this show. So... <laughs> But John, want, like, you know how I am with my money. I'm not very, I'm very frugal with shit. I was shit, say, so you're not bad with your money. I'm cheap. I'm cheap when it comes to certain okay, stuff. Okay, we didn't talk it's, about cheap. We said Except for buying drinks at fucking hotels in San Jose. Jesus. Holy shit. Dude, it's no better than freaking Pachanga. Uh, it was horrible. Dude, it was horrible. $100 for three drinks. I know. It was, like I said, I bought, I bought here in San Jose at the hotel, I bought 15, about 15 drinks and it was $600. Insane. <laughs> insane oh, i told man. you the one time ah. one time i was in new york and i bought a round of drinks for you know the crew talking yep. six drinks 380 dollars yeah. <laughs> so like okay that's it i get so used to like when we're at like mohegan sun or where we're at like in st louis or wherever we're at like, you mean somewhere a else. reasonable place yeah and you go and you buy drinks and it's like okay 200 bucks for say 13 14 drinks of people yeah, right it's like it's 200 okay. 220 somewhere in there all day long Anyways, back to the endeavor. I think this to me is a, I think it's going to end up working out to be a really good deal. And I don't think just not for, um, not just for the, not just for the WWE, UFC and endeavor. I think for the fans, you're going to get some crossover. The UFC fighters will start to kind of cross over a little bit. Believe that. Not right, not right away. No, 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 no. I unless also it's, think unless that, it's someone who's up from the past, I can see a Cormier. Yeah. Yeah, know, getting his uh, opportunity. Absolutely. He already refed a fight, right? Yeah, so he's real into it too. Oh, he's I a nerd he when it comes to him. King Mo, those guys—they're nerds when it comes to the WWE stuff. Yep. Um, I can see some crossover, and I, like I agree with you more to say from the UFC fighters into the WWE. Absolutely, you're going to see some of that. You may see one, maybe two, somewhere down the line. Not now of the WWE guys, maybe trying to come in to the UFC. But I also think if that does happen, the UFC will definitely do a better job of trying to take care of them instead of what they did to CM Punk. Um, they kind of threw him to the wolves a little bit. They gave him guys that could really fight. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, but... I, I'm not going to go with you on that. Really? I, I'm not. Okay, all right, stop. I want you, you to tell me Sage, Sage Northcutt can't fight? Sage Northcutt well, never fought him. Oh, who is uh, uh, Mickey, Gall. Mickey Gall? Mickey Gall. Sorry, Mickey Gall. No. Sage, okay. Sage and Mickey Fox. I'm not. Mickey Gall had one professional fight. Mm-hmm. One. He's pretty good now, though. I'm not saying not he's bad, not. Not a bad fighter. I'm, you're, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. But when you know, Dana went and watched him in New Jersey, he gets on the mic and says, hey, man, I'll take on your CM Punk. And so it's like, yeah, the kid's got one fight. Okay, I mean, it's not like they took someone off the normal roster and put them against CM Punk. Yeah. It's just that, look, yeah. CM Punk is a great entertainer. Yeah. He's not a great fighter. And there's just a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I, okay, I can agree with you on that. He okay. is. He's a good entertainer. He's, you know, wasn't meant for fighting. But I think you're going to see eventually down the line, you'll see some of those pro wrestlers, they will become, they will have a little 
itch that needs to be scratched and they want to give it a try. And I think uh, the UFC okay. will work around them a little bit. Well, I don't think you have to work around too much because you have the same company with all those contracts. So, they, yeah, you can go. Well, the, you got to remember. Really not a whole got, lot you have to do. Yeah, but they've got to be still kind of work well, they're, with each see, other. But, and this is, this is the whole thing. Uh-huh. Well, in, in one aspect, anybody coming from the UFC has to be kind of protected if they go to the WWE. Because it's the same thing as, okay, let, let's take a look at the real world. Cain Velasquez fights Brock Lesnar and destroys him. True. Wins the championship in the UFC. Yeah. And as soon as he went to the WWE and they put Brock Lesnar across from him, what happened? Yeah, Brock won. Yeah. And so the because they have the ability to predetermine who's going to win, if you're coming over there, you can't just let them ruin you no I get it. by doing that now the same thing in reverse is if you're a wwe guy and you do go to the ufc they can't put you against they have to put you against you know a guy like they did with cm punk you know a young guy but it's going to be a real guy no matter what yeah and how how if you don't if you if you end up with the same result that phil brooks cm punk had in that how bad does that hurt your character and your reputation in the WWE? I mean, what happens if he gets a win? Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> John, you never Stop. know, man. That's the thing. You're 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 taking the CM Punk you situation. Can, exactly. Now, realizing. if you take someone that's like a Brock Lesnar, a Jake Hager, someone that's got an amateur wrestling background, different. That's what I'm talking about. But I'm not, that, I said down the line. I'm not talking about just the pro, regular normal pro wrestler. I'm talking about someone that actually has the itch to really want to fight that maybe that has, has a good wrestling That has background. actual athletic competition I be surprised. that is relative to fighting. I wouldn't be surprised if you have Bo Nickel over there in the WWE, right? He's going to want to go over there. Now, if he has friends that maybe are, you know, that are in the WWE, want to try to make their way over. I mean, like you have what Shayna Baszler was over there, right? Like you, you've got, there could be some crossover. That's what I'm oh, no, Absolutely. You're, there could be. I think you're too stuck on just one person. I'm thinking someone that has some experience that had wrestling background or maybe some Taekwondo style background, whatever it is. They've got some sort of athleticism, that group of WWE stars, they're athletic as hell. Oh, Absolutely. And so they they can make the transition with say a year or two of Look, them getting not, the itch. Ronda could come back and fight. No, no, she could. Yes, yeah, she could. No, she's done. No, she could. John, she's you know, done. I didn't say that. She could. <laughs> John, she's done. Bro. She could. John, let her live her life on a farm. Bro. I am she's letting done. her. I love Browsy Acres. Done. Yeah, Browsy. But Acres. she could. Um, okay. So that being said. I think their potential is the potential of that crossover back and forth could be there. Not so much as much from the WWE to the UFC. Okay. That, but then also let's not forget wherever the UFC goes in terms of height, it helps the sport of MMA, whether it's yeah. the smaller shows below. It could be like, it could be Bellator, it could be PFL, it could be one. It could be, I, it could be I, any other organization. It gets eyeballs more eyeballs, eyeballs, on, the eyeballs on the sport. Yeah. So, I agree. The growth of the UFC, having their fighters over available over there in the WWE to get more notoriety amongst the casual fans of WWE stars or fan base will help grow the UFC exponentially, but in, I think. In reality, also, it can also cause problems for them. They, okay, let's Explain just take, to me how. Okay. The PFL is on ESPN, mm-hmm. right? Now, 
if ESPN brings over not only the UFC, but the WWE with it, think of the money output. Mm-hmm. So the PFL, who has been putting together these shows and trying to you know, take steps in that direction to get a better contract, because they don't have a great contract with ESPN, mm-hmm. but to get a better contract. Now, it might actually, that won't happen. So that hurts the promotion because yeah. the promotion needs money from those TV contracts. Yeah. No, I do understand what you're saying. And the other thing though, is that I think if they do shop them to ESPN and ESPN does pick them up, I can't imagine because the UFC has actually been trying to get rid of PFL off the network for a while since they originally kind of were put on and ESPN had just told them, nah, we're not doing that because they want to have their little bubble on their app that says okay. MMA. It says it's the MMA. It doesn't say UFC. It says yeah. mixed martial arts, their little bubble there. <laughs> that you can click on for the sport. They wanted to have that. No different than college basketball and NBA basketball. Excuse me. I had to get Excuse a drink. Excuse me. Um, but so the, wait, what are you trying to get at? Are they going to? I think that, no, I just, I, my thought is that as the UFC grows and gets bigger, it will help all the other organizations, I think, get bigger as well. It'll bring more publicity to all the other organizations. Now, PFL is in a weird circumstance because they Kinda. are on ESPN's app. They are. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens and how that all plays out. You did bring up, or I did bring up, someone, one of us brought up Cain Velasquez. I did. Cain Velasquez has been in the gym um, for the last couple of months, helping to coach all the uh, AKA fighters. He looks fantastic in the gym. I know that he's 40 years old, but in any weight class, because I always knock on heavyweights, but in any weight class, heavyweights have a longer career. And Cain Velasquez, I could potentially see him come back to the UFC and the WWE. He had a contract with the WWE. He was doing some stuff with them on the side, you know, for a while. He was in their camp, you know, training, getting ready for that. Then COVID hit. And they had to separate ways because they just didn't have the funding to basically cover yeah. carry all the guys that were working their way up. Yeah, it's understandable. And Kane has still has a decent relationship, I believe, a pretty good one actually, still with the UFC. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Kane come back and do both things. Just my uh, thought. I mean, like he looks fantastic in the gym, watching him train a little bit. I know he's just drilling. I know yeah, he's just the, going through the, the techniques. The problem is, as soon as he starts, we'll say he does, and mm-hmm. here comes camp. We've seen as he's gotten older, he's gotten more brittle. No, he has, but I also think that he's also he's also now understands when to dial it back a little bit. Okay, that's good. You're younger. That was always that was always the problem. He just went balls to the wall. Didn't know how to do any other every practice. You you can't do that. Not at forty. Well, I think the understanding though too is that his focus is just being in the gym as much as he can and. Focusing on, you know, providing. That's it, man. He's got he's got a lot he's got a lot of things ahead of him, but he's yep. got he's got this as something that I could see potentially him making a run back. Plus, you look at that heavyweight division outside of John Jones, I don't think any of them guys are beating him. I mean, give give him a fight or two to get back in the stride. Yeah, so you, you I get, I'm, I'm not back. saying we're not just jumping him back in there, guys. Give him some time. He's been out for over five years. Um, but I look at that, I look at the guys that are there. None of them can stop his wrestling. None of them. John could. You know, and uh, Curtis Blades. John could. I think, yeah, John could. Okay. Curtis Blades probably could. Yeah. You know, um, you've got those two guys, but you look at the other guys, 
I don't really see. You know, Jorginho, you know, uh, who's the big Volkov. All those guys, they're not stopping his aggressiveness and his takedowns. No. And I'm not being a homer. Just I'm saying, if no. he's a fraction, if he's I'm, if he's eighty percent of what he was, that, I'm telling you now, they're not going to stop his. Wrestling. Yeah, they're not stopping his wrestling. The and guy got, can wrestle. And, and the the best part about his wrestling is with the use of his hands because he actually has good hands. Mm-hmm. It's hard to stop his wrestling because you're trying to block his shots, and then all of a sudden he's in on you. And he's, he's got, got a good gas kicks. tank. He's, he's got, got a great. He's kicks. got a gas tank like no other heavyweight. Oh. John, it's hilarious to watch these kids that have been training the whole time. He's been away. And he comes in like straight off the fucking couch and just working them and mopping them over. And these kids are these kids are fighting. They're pro and they're all heavyweights. Yeah. And he's just sitting over their hip. He's chasing the neck. He's pushing their face into the mat. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> I feel like wrong. I'm watching bull I feel like I'm watching bully beat down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just great. If you guys all follow like you guys follow American Kickboxing Academy on Instagram, you guys will see. The footage and the video footage that they post up all the time of him coaching, of him wrestling, of him showing techniques, of him throwing people around. Fuck, he's a great follow, man. Love watching him. Um, I think it's good for the sport. I could be wrong. The future will will tell. I don't think I it's think bad it's gonna be I don't think it's gonna be bad for the sport. I think oh, it's I gonna open so. up some doors that maybe I, you know, it may shut some doors on some of the smaller promotions for them to get more publicity in certain areas. And networks may be a little bit more hesitant and say, like, okay, look, now with the two of them really kind of taking over this position here, you never know. Then some networks might be like, oh, well, you know. But I think that there's always going to be something with the way there's always going to be on these apps, whether it's Paramount Plus, whether it's CBS, whether it's um, Amazon, whether it's uh, whatever. It might be All of these apps, they need content. It might be multiples, though. Yeah, I think it might. Peacock, they need they need content. Hulu, they need content. All of these companies need content. Here's the here's the thing to think about. Really, when you look at it, it's uh, and I used to say it, I used to say it with Lorenzo Fertitta. You know, look, he's a smart businessman. Ari Emanuel, smart businessman. Absolutely. And when you take a look at when he bought IMG, a lot of people went, "Oh no, no, that's way too much money." He made it work. And he made money off of it. And he made his investors money off of it. And then when he bought the UFC, we all said, man, $4.2 billion. That, I think that's my way overpaid. Much. Way overpaid. Way overpaid. We thought, you know, and there was the estimates of doubled, you know, could have been over double, way overpaid. Well, he proved everybody wrong because Absolutely. he's made that and he's made so much money off of it for his investors and everything. <clears throat> so I look and I go, hey. The guy's a proven uh, winner when it comes to making these deals and making them bigger than ever. So that's what I think is going to happen here. He's going to make it bigger than ever. Well, John, they here's the thing. <clears throat> COVID was a blessing and a curse. Yeah, It was a curse based on the fact that they could have killed their own business by not by succumbing to what everyone was telling them to do. But they didn't. They kept their fighters active. They didn't fire one employee. They stayed the course. Sure, they sat out, I think, for one of the fights, right? Like one fight they shut down was the one at um at the casino that they were supposed to Tachi do. And I think, yeah, I think Disney called and said no. Or I think it was actually Well, the, see that okay, and you know, this is the one that got me in trouble with Dana as far as, you know, on his thing him saying, you know, that I was saying that they I was all for them fighting. What I was Absolutely. not for them doing was what Dana was gonna do there and that he was bypassing the the athletic commission which was setting a precedence that I go, you, you don't want to do that because now you're creating a, 
it's almost like a hostile work environment. And, you, mm-hmm. and it's just to put on one show, you're making a mistake. Don't do it. And Disney came in with ESPN and said, okay, we're, we're going to shut this one down. And they went to a place, you know, in Jacksonville, Florida, mm-hmm. where the commission was there for them. And it was like, do it, man. I'm 100% behind yeah. you. But that was, you know, that was the one show that they turned, you know, I think that's the second show ever that they actually shut down. 151. Remember when Hendo was going to fight John Jones? That one shut down too. Well, the, um, well, from what I understand, because I live here in California, was that Gavin Newsom had made a phone call to whoever oh, yeah. represents Disney. Yeah. And then Disney made the phone call and said, hey, this needs to be stopped. So they stopped it. And then within weeks later, they had their next show. Yep. Um, but and they could have, they could have, yeah, they could have been rolled over by then and been like, hey, you know what? We're going to just keep stalling this out. I was under the same thing, like, hey, I feel like they're really pushing this a little bit too much. Why don't you give it a week or two to see how this, because remember, remember, it was only supposed to be two weeks to flatten the curve. That's it. Yeah. So I think all of us were like, you know what? Maybe we are putting a little bit of a rush on this. Let's see what happens in two weeks and then go back to the drawing board and, and start getting people taken care of. I mean, you can't be mad at the way that they handled it. A lot of people I know probably were mad, but yeah, look, you gotta, you gotta get the, you gotta keep people employed. Hell the yes. takeaway from now on from, from you look back, the takeaway is fuck. I didn't want to get into it. Uh, let's move. <laughs> but I think, I think overall the combination between these two companies joining together, I'm interested to see more where the TV rights go at the end of the day. That's what I think. That's that's what interests me. Is the interests me the most is to see how they package this deal up and take it to like an Apple or an Amazon Prime or ESPN. I would love to see it stay on ESPN. We're gonna find out. You know, ESPN to me is the easiest way. Like for me, uh, ESPN to me is the one for the UFC. It's the it's the place for them to be mm-hmm. because ESPN is on in bars. You know, across the country, you know, TSN in Canada, it's all the same. It's always on and it's always showing their product and that helps the product. So I would, I would say if they leave ESPN, seems to me to be a mistake, but what the fuck do I know? Yeah, I would want, I would do wonder though, because Dave, you would, you would speak more uh, on this. WWE had their own platform, correct? Yeah. WWE what was it called? What was it called? WWE Network. WWE Network. And how much I was wonder, how, it? How much was it for you to have that? Uh, $9.99 a month. $9.99. So it's like UFC Fight Pass. Okay. So that's you my get, And then you got all the shows, right? Uh, yeah, all the WWE yeah. shows, yeah. So let me, let me ask you this. Do you merge the two, the WWE one and the UFC Fight Pass? And just, they're both owned by... They're both owned, well, they're by, both owned by the same company. Yeah. Then do you merge the two and all their connections and just basically basically have your own network now for the, just that? That's a question. I, I don't even know if it's something you can do. Nope. Supposedly, um, the the idea with them going to Peacock from the app was that they just they just couldn't get the app to as big as they thought they would, and then going to Peacock, they were guaranteeing themselves so many new viewers because you're yeah. getting put in front of people and all that so there's something to be said about being on an app where people are already going for other mm-hmm. content because now you've yeah. got an opportunity to be in front of people yeah what people don't understand is how difficult it is to start your own process like oh to start God. your own yeah everyone thinks like oh yeah just do it yourself you guys are so big <laughs> no no you're, you're huge right but like you look at certain apps right i look at paramount plus right the yellowstone 
1893 or whatever 1883 and then what's the other one they're doing now and then 19 those three shows are kind of what's holding that oh, yeah. paramount they're holding it up and i mean like those three shows are really keeping that that but it uh, also took a while because yellowstone didn't did. just you know no. oh instant you know no it took a while but. yeah so interesting I'm, I'm interested to see where this really goes i mean it's a kind of exciting kind of nerve-wracking a little bit but I, th- I think it'll be, I think in the long run, it'll be good for the sport. The overall sport of MMA. All right, well, let's get into the fights. So we're going to have a pay-per-view this weekend. But before we get into the fights, Sean, let's yes. go OnlyFans. OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. We've got, we've got a really cool um, thing coming out this weekend on the on the pay-per-view that we did for um, for That's some friends. For, for, no, I know it's not for OnlyFans. It Dave, let me finish, buddy. <laughs> let me screw this pooch. Yeah, let right. me screw this pooch. <laughs> but uh, but the OnlyFans is is like I said, we have done some big things with them. They've done some big things with us in terms of um, we're the first podcast that they're representing, or we're representing them. We're the first podcast that they have signed to work with, and we're representing athletes all around. And this last weekend when we were in Pachanga, man, I had so many fighters come up and just say, "Hey, like, what's your deal with them? How are you guys doing? Like, what do you guys think?" And I'm like, "Look." So far, they've been fantastic to work with. But what I do like is this, John, is that because everything that's going on right now, I don't know if you guys saw what I posted today on my Instagram. It was uh, at the real punk on Instagram. Is that they, it, Instagram charges $15 for a blue check mark now. I didn't know that. I don't, yeah. So they're charging people blue, they're charging them for a blue check mark 15 bucks. They sold 44 million of them in one day. That's $660 million that they made in 24 hours. And I said, I go, look, this is to me, I think for social media, one of my problems with social media is anyone can just create an account and say they're you. They're you. Now, sure, there's other, ver- I have a verified account, but people still create accounts that's use yeah, but says at the real punk. I don't, I, who cares? So anyways, <laughs> I don't pay, but I don't pay for it though, John. I, I know. Like, well, well, you might if you're going to No, whatever. I, I'm not going to pay for it. That's what, that's I'd rather not, I'd rather not be verified. And I'm fine with that. It is what it is. Not a big deal. Um, But what I like though, when we signed up for OF, right? We signed up for OnlyFans is that you have to do a facial recognition. And we're like, oh man, but now that's your privacy. You guys, you guys have already used your facial recognition for your phone. You on guys have phone. already used your thumbprint. No. So when you did your facial recognition on your phone, it stopped right there. It's only on your phone. Yeah, believe that. But <laughs> as you guys recall, before the facial recognition on the phone was the thumbprint. Yep. So you had that. And everyone's like, oh, well, you're giving away your... You guys, you guys have already given it all away. Yeah. What do you... You know, like, I'm not on TikTok. That doesn't mean that China doesn't have everything on me already. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so when I look at what we did on OnlyFans, like, they they did the facial recognition, so you can only have one account. Your account, even if it is a business account, is attached to your facial recognition. I like so that, because then like, you, don't get, you don't get these people with multiple accounts. Thank you. Trying to, spam your, trying to spam your members, trying to spam your uh, all the people that are in your that follow you and subscribe to you, trying to solicit to them whether with scams. That is the number one complaint, I think, across the board on social media. I think if we really want to clean up the social media platforms, you really just need to get rid of the fact that you're able to have multiple accounts. It should be you under your one account. Therefore, everyone is verified with your facial recognition and your thumbprint or whatever it is you want to have. 
It's all connected to something. That's how you clean up face. Uh, that's how you clean up your social media. OF does that. I really appreciate that about them. I also like the fact that they're really trying to get into the sports industry. They're working with Formula One race car drivers. They're working with boxers. They're working with MMA fighters. They're really making their stamp in terms of sponsoring um, uh, bare knuckle boxing. They're sponsoring uh, other MMA events. They're working their way to trying to bring in athletes to ha- to create more athlete connection with their fans, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Interaction. That's the word I'm looking for, John. And so this should be this is a process that we're we've been working on now for what it's been about two months now coming up on our second month and uh, we're going to continue to do this. And so hopefully you guys will join us over at onlyfans.com slash Wayne. And it's free subscriptions free. We're going to put out some content that we may charge for. We may not, but right now we're just doing everything for free over there and you guys, and uh, we're going to keep doing it and we're enjoying doing this. And uh, Dave's got a bunch of bloopers and stuff that he's going to be putting up of us. The off camera bloopers that we don't let you guys see. I know John's got a lot of bloopers. You guys don't realize he, John, Dave makes John look really good. Now he just keeps me the same. So he oh, keeps all are... normal stuff in there. He's always making John look good. By God, the way that the, the way that you do lie with a straight face is really, it's really scary. Impressive. Huh? Especially it's... when you grab your glasses. Cause like now you have your glasses yeah. to like make yourself. Uh-huh. It's like look up in your IQ at least 10 points, dude. It's, uh, I wish I would have worn I... when I was younger. If I, had to, if I had to remove every single Josh blooper, I'd never get the show out. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. All right, let's get into these fights. We've got uh, UFC 287 pay-per-view this weekend. Pereira versus uh, Adesanya 2, actually 5. But um, it. it's, but uh, let's get into this. John, I, I'm looking at, I think Alex gets it done again. I think it'll potentially go the distance. But I think Alex gets it done again because I think he knows now. At any moment, I could walk you down, land big strikes, and I could get you out of there. And he could change the tide of every round now, like he did in the last fight, in the end of the fight. He knows that if I just win the last minute and a half by walking you down, trying to land big strikes, I could do that. I could could get this win that way. Yeah, he could. But he needs to be careful still, because if you go to that fight, that first fight, he got Second round. round. First round round or second round? Second Second round, round, right at the end of the round. He got mm-hmm. rocked, and if that if that fight or that round had more time, mm-hmm. might not have been the result that we all saw in the fifth because it may never have gotten there. Mm. So yeah, I, he's got to have the he's got to have a a more confident attitude going into this even than he had in the first one because look, it, he knew he had had his knockout performance in kickboxing. He had the decision, okay. And that, if it was a kickboxing match, he's going to go into the next one super confident. But it was MMA, and it was different. And so now, I think he is going to be more confident. I always look and say, man, when you have a guy, what's the age difference on these guys right now? Because I think they're right, right the same, aren't they? Uh, I think Pajara's thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yeah. Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Yeah. So it's it's close with that, you know. But it's one of those. It has to. I don't care what anyone says. You get knocked out by someone in kickboxing, and then you get stopped in your MMA match, and you can sit there and say whatever you want about. I I saw Izzy's, you know, interview where you're saying, "Hey, I was looking at." No, you're not looking. You're looking at his feet. Okay, that's not looking at him. When your eyes are down and your head is down, 
That's not you looking at your opponent. That's not you seeing the damage that can be thrown. You know, because he was saying, well, you know, you know, if he had thrown any, I, I would have seen it. He, he might be right there. Because that's all he's sure, going to see. He could have been uh, wondering if he was set up the kick, John. He's looking at his feet. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> what happens when you get hurt and you get rocked. And, you know, you, I, he was trying to move and all that. But it wasn't a bad stoppage. You know, it's could it could it have gone a little bit like sure, possibly. But it was a good stoppage. Goddard did not do anything wrong in that fight. He, you know, there was a point where it's like, hey, I have to protect you from yourself. And that's what I thought he did. And, you know, Pereira, he's got power in his shots. And, man, if he touches you, I just look at this. It's got to be in the back of Izzy's mind, no matter what he says. Josh, you know, when you get on a mic and you say stuff, you're going to say all kinds of stuff. But when you're by yourself and you're thinking about it, it's a different story because you know the thoughts that are going through your mind, and there is that thought he knows. Shit, I got to be careful of his power. I have to be careful of his power. I have to be careful. And when you have that in the back of your mind, it sometimes minimizes your ability to be offensive. I thought he had some good offense. I thought the takedown things, I don't think the takedowns are going to work for him in this fight. And I, I agree with you. I think that it's going to be a tough fight for him to get a win against uh, Pereira. Yeah, I think you're going to look at a repeat of what happened last time. I just think that he potentially could knock Izzy out even earlier. Yeah. That's the thing. <clears throat> I think now that he knows that, look, these gloves are small. I can get knocked out. He knows he can get knocked out. But Alex doesn't seem to give a shit. No. He's he's like, he, he's got six fights, John. What is it, six? He's got seven, eight. He's got eight fights, seven yeah, and one. Sorry, yeah. He's got eight fights. And he's the fucking well, UFC champion. Eight, eight, eight fights in MMA. That's a lot eight of fights. fights. That's I know, <laughs> but that's still eight MMA, fights. You're right. That I mean, like when you mix in with wrestling, you can make the world class kickboxers look like amateurs. Yeah. You know, because they're afraid of the wrestling. And Izzy wrestled a little bit last time, and I think Alex can be a little bit more ready for it. He's yeah. got a full time coach now in Glover, with someone that can really try to help him with his training, set up set up sparring sessions with other people, not yeah. just him. You know, he's got guys there, so and he's just enormous for the weight. Oh, he's enormous, dude. He's huge for the weight. Walks around 230, 240, he, he cuts down. The, he could You be. know, so I look at this fight. My only question is, is if Izzy does win, do we see it right away, the rematch? Oh, God. Yes. Let's just be honest. He'd be full I, of it's, it's one of these. Israel absolutely deserved the rematch. He had, he had been a longstanding champion there. Did he? Yeah, he did, but I wish they didn't give it to him. Yeah, I, I wish they I wish they put him in a fight that he ended up going, performing well, and then go back to it. Okay, mm -hmm. but you know it is what it is, and it's you know he he deserved it, so I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Give it to him, but I would personally, for him, I would have liked to mm -hmm. see him have one fight before the rematch. But we'll, well, we'll here's the thing. Out. People recall that, like, we talk about certain fighters deserve certain rematches. Like, I didn't yeah. think that Whaley Zhang deserved the automatic rematch. She did not. After she lost her title. She only had one title defense, yeah. and that was it. Like, she lost it. So, uh, that fight, I didn't think so. But then you look at, like, they're, they're going to say, oh, well, Izzy lost the same way, very similar to how Kamar Usman lost. And I said, well, okay, look, both of them were definitely on their way. to, But the history of Alex and Izzy plays a factor. Alex has beaten him this many times. Yep. With Camaro, he deserved the rematch. 
because it was a, a minute left, a minute 30 left or whatever in that fight. On top of that, he had already had the win over uh, Leon, Leon from previously before and was dominating rounds two, three, and four, I think, if you had it the way that I had it against Leon in the second fight. That's why I would have given Camaro the automatic rematch. He's got the history of dominating fighters from before. He's got the history of beating this fighter from before and was winning the fight up until this moment. Is he dominating all the fighters before? Was was winning this fight, but has lost to this fighter several times before. That was what changes. The, that's what makes the difference. Yeah, he had lost to him three times before. That, to me, is really what I... That's what I would have based it off of. No. Give him a second to get a win. Yeah. Come back. Fight. If if Alex is even still the champion. Yeah. You know what it I mean? So, be. like, yeah. But, <clears throat> but I think when you look at it, this was an opportunity for the UFC to really capitalize on money. Okay, look, he was losing the fight. Now I can say, hey, this is get the rematch. And I think if Alex does win or Alex does lose, I don't think they give Alex an automatic rematch. I don't think so either. I don't think so, which they which they should, depending on how he loses. But I think they should. Um, based on that, like, you've already got four wins over you. Why am I doing this? Like, I'm doing this fifth fight for you guys. Like, why are you giving an automatic rematch? I knocked him out twice out of the four times or five times we fought. I don't know. There's different ways of looking at it. I am pumped for the fight. I am excited to see another kickboxing fight. You don't have to worry about too much wrestling because they both will stand and they both will trade. I think if you take away from the, anything from the first fight for Izzy, use your speed, buddy. Straight punches, nothing rounded. Get there fast, get in and get out. Because if he touches you, you know you, you can go to sleep at any time. Just use your speed. It was the jab and the right hand and all the straight punches that got there first that hurt him in the second round. Yep. Next fight. Gilbert Burns versus Game Bread. Jorge Masvidal. I really like the matchup, but I don't. Mm. I know I know that Jorge has been really working on his wrestling, and that's good. Uh, his stand-up has always been sharp and clean, and uh, the problem is Gilbert's not a wrestler, and he's a guy who will drop down because he is not worried about uh, being underneath Masvidal. And if he can't get the fight to the ground with either a punch or a takedown, he'll just... He'll, he'll dive into a half guard and pull him down and then start working that position. And he's good enough there that he can create some uh, situational problems for Masvidal that he's going to end up possibly giving up position. And if he does, if Masvidal ends up on his back against Gilbert, he better hope there's not a lot of, a lot of time on the clock because it's not going to be good. No, I understand that. I just think that Masvidal's wrestling is good enough to stop Gilbert's takedowns. I, there I might agree be sometimes. Yeah, there'll be sometimes I think where Gilbert <clears throat> uh, will have to create something. If he's able to get to the back, he'll be able to jump to the back and try and pull him down that way, make him defend the chokes, and that that's how they get up on the ground. Um, that's kind of the way that I see that that fight, the the takedown exchange is going on the feet. George is obviously slicker. He's slicker, not faster though. No. Gilbert's going to be fast, but Gilbert leaves himself open. Gilbert has been knocked out. So is George. But when I look at probably the, the chin, I'm going to say George probably got a little bit better chin. He can take more shots. He's, he's been in the history. He's been, his history has shown that he'll take a shot to give a shot kind of thing. And he is slick on the feet. He'll make you miss. He'll make you pay. He's got very powerful kicks. He doesn't get enough credit for his kicks. He's one of the original guys that started the calf kick back in like 2007, 2008, 2009, sometime around there. Uh, when he if you guys go back and watch his fight with Gilbert Melendez when he fought him in Strike Force, he was kicking, he was doing calf kicks back then. 
And so uh, George, he's got to avoid being on the ground. Um, he can't do what he did with Colby, where he just turns kind of in a turtle position oh, no, and stands no, no, no. up from that position. He's got to defend the back. He's got to defend the Colby, back. Colby's not a submission guy. No. Col Colby's a grinder. Yeah. Gilbert? Yeah. Being, yeah. Gilbert's yeah. going to chase Gilbert's going to chase those submissions quite a bit. Yeah. You know, to the point of almost fatigue though. Yeah, it could. I mean, you got to remember you got to remember Mazadal did really well against Damian Maya even though he got stuck on bottom quite a bit, but I mean, he did well in defending some of those takedowns early in the fight. And then once he lost one, he started losing them continuously. But, you know, that was back when he was younger also, I understand that. But Mazadal's got the power in the hands. He's very slick, very unorthodox and doesn't get enough credit for his kicks. Gilbert He's got the speed in the hands. He can put together a great combination. Leaves the chin a little high in the air still when he when he throws his combinations. He is available to get hit. Um, uh, but the jitsu, there's no there's just there's no way of just saying like, hey, like they, they, George has a chance. On the ground, I'm gonna take it's all it's all gonna be Gilbert on the ground. The availability for the submissions, all of those things gonna be Gilbert. Yeah. It does shape up to be a little bit of a throwback style fight. Jiu-jitsu wrestler yeah. kind of versus stand-up anti-wrestler. Yeah. It's a good fight. This the fight coming up, though. The, the next fight is the one that's going you, you want a barn burner. You want action. I believe this fight is going to be just action-packed. Rob Font against Adrian Yanez. This is going to be beautiful, in my opinion. The Bantamweight fight with two guys in the stand-up. Look, Adrian Yanez is freaking good on his feet. If you, you know, If you take a look at his record, where did he get his losses? People taking him down. Well, Rob Font's not going to take him down. And so this should be just a fantastic matchup. Yeah, I don't uh I don't see I don't see how I don't see how this fight hits the ground unless someone catches a kick and they fall down. Yeah. <laughs> um when I talked to Rafael's thoughts about Adrian Giannis, he goes, Man, he's the real deal. He's fantastic. He's one of his main training partners now, living down by Houston. He's like, This kid is good. He is so good. He's like slick on the feet. Good on the ground, good takedown defense. And Rob Font, man, he's fought higher level competition. Yep. But he also hasn't had success against a lot of the higher level competition. Yep. And so when you put those two things together, this is this is uh, Giannis's fight for the taking. But Rob Font has a lot of uh, room to gain and get back if he gets back into the mix of this with a good win over Giannis. That puts him right back into the category of hey, I want to start fighting the guys that are in the top five. It does, but so, if he loses it, yeah, it definitely it really drops, drops him down. It definitely drops him down. So, but it, I, I can't imagine this not being a good fight. No, this that's no. a fantastic matchup. Off of that, you got before it, Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzanibio. Uh, this one all depends on, in my opinion, Kevin Holland. How smart mm -hmm. does he fight? And unfortunately, <laughs> I don't want to say, but I, I've watched Kevin, who I think is a really good fighter be very much on the same track as a Michael Chandler at times. Mm. He wants to be more entertaining than he does get wins. And you got to get wins, man. And, and he, he has the talent to do that. He's got good speed. His stand-up is actually pretty sharp. He's got a very good ground game. If you're going to say what's his weakest area, it's wrestling. Well, that's not something that he really has to worry about with Ponzinibbio because Ponzinibbio is, is a striker. He's a guy that wants to stand and bang. And so... Kevin has the ability to stand and bang with him. He also has the ability to get the takedown and be in the top position and use a damn ground game that he's a Travis Luter black belt in jujitsu. He's got a good ground game. Use it. 
Yeah, here's the thing, though. The difference between Chandler and Kevin Holland is that Chandler, when he loses, he loses the guys that are ranked two and three. You know what I mean? Like, that's the difference. Kevin Holland's losing the guys that were ranked still in the top ten. Yeah, but six and should, seven. And, but the potential of winning and beating them, but decides not to. Now, I've said that Chandler probably has the worst fight IQ in the game. But Kevin's right up there with him. Oh, yeah, that's my problem. Oh, right up there with him. Yeah. You know, um... But I think, but Kevin's, he's fun. He's great to watch. Ponsonibio is not going to threaten really a whole lot of takedowns at all. He'll stand with him. He'll trade with him. Kevin Holland can make this an easier fight with a takedown, threaten submissions, try to get to the top, use his body and his length and his reach, all of those things to control the top game as well as keep him at bay until he rushes in and then get the easy takedown. You just don't know which Kevin Hall is going to show up. That's it. The one that's going to fight smart and try to get a win or the one that's going to be like, you know what? Let me just bite down on this mouthpiece and let's fight. We'll see. The thing with Ponsonibio, though, is that he is not, he's not a fast and slick fighter like Steven Thompson. No. So he's going to be there to hit. And that may, that may bring Kevin Holland into more of a brawl. Like, hey, you know, I'm going to stand with you. You know, I'm going to stand with, he's going to stand with me. I'm just going to stand in front of you and we're going to trade. I mean, that it could be fun for the rest of us, but you never know how it's going to turn out. Next. Raul. Rosas Jr. against Christian Rodriguez. This is the young man. Is he still 18 or is he 19 now? <laughs> I think he's 19 now. <laughs> is he 19 now? I think so. Look, look, he's got skill. The kid's good. But they're fat. They're definitely fast-tracking him. You're taking a look that this is on the main card. This is his second fight in the UFC. Uh, coming off of the Dana White Contenders Series and... Uh, I just hope they're not pushing him too fast. Is this his yeah. second or his third? This is his second. I is it? I thought yeah, it was his third. Contender before that. Yeah, it was Dana White uh, contender. It? Yeah, it was. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, I like the kid. Oh yeah. I get con- I get concerned when you start putting him on the main card. There's just it's... a difference between. Do me a favor. Look up Christian Rodriguez's. I want to see his age real quick. And this, and this is the real difference when sometimes you look at something. 25 years old. And there's just, there is a difference as you age in just physical mm-hmm. strength, the ability to, you know, do certain things. It's not that the young person can't be really good at it. It's just that sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's like when you're in college and you're, you go, you know, you're in wrestling and all of a sudden you're wrestling the senior or you're playing, you know, whatever sport it is. And now you're the freshman and there's the senior. You're at a disadvantage usually, mm-hmm. and and sometimes it's mentality aspect. Yeah. I obviously think that Rosas has got you know uh, skill. I think he's a tough kid. I think he believes in himself, and that's a huge part of it is that confidence. But there's going to be that time when it's it's going to show as far as the age because there's only so many things you could have done within that age. Yeah. So. There's a reason why they don't let college kids that play football go straight to the pros. Not yeah. college, sorry, uh, yeah, high, school, high kids. school kids. High school kids. They have to go play in college yeah. before they can go to Which the pros. Which is smart. Yeah. But you look at other sports where they allowed them to go straight to the pros. Kobe Bryant. You know, LeBron James. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're still tall, big, you know, but they're not what they're, they're not fully grown into their body. But basketball also doesn't take the damage that football players do. Well, we are in a sport football where it's players com- don't it's take the sport. damage that fighters take. Exactly. I mean, I they could. No, nope. they could not nope. brain damage. No, well, no, no, even, no yes, even they brain can. Damage. <laughs> yeah, brain damage for sure. Yes, they can. Um, 
but their their bodies will take a beating. The football players and sure. fighters. Sure. But you're it's one on one football. You can you know, I don't know maneuver around. Hopefully, don't get rolled up on or something like that, or take too many big hits by guys that are three hundred pounds. But like I said, you're, you haven't fully grown into your body leaving high school, and then in, that's why you go into college and you play yep. with kids that are supposed to be equally your size or equally around your size, definitely in your age. You're not playing against fucking Ray Lewis, you know? <laughs> why don't you, you say that, and it's people, but people have no concept because there's just there's differences when you look at certain people and their ability to deliver a blow. No mm. different than what, what, you know, why was it that, you know, Ali could punch, and when he set his feet, you know, he had some power, but never had that, you know, mm-hmm. tremendous knockout power like a George Foreman or a Ernie Shavers. Some people yeah. just have that, and you take a look, and, man, it's like, hey, when, when I don't know. Ray Lewis, I was watching, they had uh, Chad Ochocinco, remember him with the yep. Cincinnati Bengals? And oh, he yeah. does a crackback block where he thinks that he's got Ray Lewis blindsided. And Ray turns just as he's coming into him. And they hit, and Chad Ocho Cinco, he just goes down. He's hurt. Chad Johnson is yeah. hurt. And Ray goes running after the ball and is going to make the tackle. And he's, you know, he's down for a while. Then he gets up and he goes over to the sideline. He goes, I'm hurt. <laughs> you know, and you go, Yeah, I'm sure you are. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I thought I had him blindsided. He goes, Didn't work. Didn't work. That was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. yeah, it's a mistake. Because they had him mic'd up, so then you could hear oh, yeah. what he said. On oh, the yeah. It was pretty awesome. Oh, it was great. Not great um, if you were him, but it was great for us. Yeah. So, like, and there's a, there's at that 25, 26, 27 is when you kind of start to become a man. Your your brain's also starting to fully get developed yep. for, some, for some of us. Just physically, uh, you're maturing. And it's just you're faster, bigger, stronger. Yeah. Uh, but if I, if I, or do you feel like you're getting a slap in the face if you're Chris Curtis and yeah, Kelvin Gaslam? Absolutely. Former, yes. former title contender. Title contender. Kelvin Gaslam. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's no way you can look at that and go, really, you're gonna put a kid who's seven and zero at, you know, 19 years of age, and he's your, mm-hmm. on your main card, and, and I, and with the records and things that we've done, we're not. Come on, mm. you know, you take a look and you go, yeah, it's there. But they're, that's what they're doing is they're picking this kid as, hey, we think that he could possibly be something of our future and we're going to start pushing him now. And, and hey, if that's the way they feel, that's they have every right to do it. Yep. But if you're Chris Curtis and you're Kelvin Gaslam, you're like, that's bullshit. <laughs> I, yeah. think, I think I think Chris Curtis actually came out and said it was bullshit. So, he, did. he did. You know, and I don't blame him. But I think that. You know, Curtis against Gaslam, that's a tremendous fight. Great fight. Oh, tremendous fight. Both Kelvin guys. coming off some injuries, you know, yeah. getting back well, on track. And... Didn't he have his uh, tooth knocked out or something, too? He just had a, <laughs> he had, a, he had a pull out of the fight because of it. Mm. But, I mean, look, I look for, I'm looking forward to that fight. Kelvin's got to use a little bit more of his wrestling against Chris Curtis. If he could try to, like, threaten the takedowns a little bit to use the speed of his hands. Chris nice. Curtis is good. He's got big power. But... He's very hittable, and he's not as fast as Kelvin Gastelum with the hands. And before anyone starts coming at me hard in the paint about the whole Kelvin's not fast as fast as Chris Curtis, go back go back and watch the fight with him and Izzy. Yeah, he was faster than Izzy. Now Izzy's uh, got longer arms. The little harder for him faster. to get hit. He had to get inside, and he did a lot of great work. On the and he used straight punches, which made him fast. 
smart. Uh, he's just good. He's he good. is good. I like Dude, him. Dude, he's my, he's my, my Roberto Duran of MMA. That's what I love about Kelvin Gaston. You know, when he, like, let me give you guys a little story here. I wasn't really high on him. When he first came into the sport, I got, I think for me, I was a little, like a little bitter about the fact that like he never made weight. I'm like, bro, like just go up to 85 or fucking hire a nutritionist, man. It kind of rubbed me raw. I'm like, dude, every time you're supposed to fight at Walter weight, you never make the weight. And I was, I just started kind of bugging me a little bit like how come shot does or Hamzat. I mean, like those type of things bother me, man. I'm like, geez, like if you're going to go down and wait, make the weight. Then he started fighting well. He started fighting at 85. I'm like, bro, you're so good. You're a fantastic fighter. I just never got to see him fight at welterweight because, and when I did, you knew that he came in overweight, so it kind of kills the luster. Like, eh, did you win because you came in four or five pounds heavy? You know, but then after he started having a lot of success, started winning some fights at well at middleweight, I'm like, and then I met him. I'm like, you are such a nice guy. Just... The salt of the earth kind of nice guy. Fantastic oh person. Just talk to him. He's so soft-spoken, so easygoing, such a great person. And, um, yeah, I just – I had to get that off my chest because it was like – I felt like, man, people don't people don't realize, like, you, you develop different uh, friendships and relationships in the sport when you actually meet somebody. Sure. You didn't like him maybe in the beginning – then you met them and you saw you saw their fights and they they were changed weight classes or you saw them grow as a fighter and you're like okay look now all right that one fight or you I, loved them then now, you met them you went I hate this guy yeah that's true as well <laughs> that's happened a lot to be honest but then you know you saw a fight where they fucking bit down on their mouthpiece and or they fought out of a submission or whatever it was they showed you that they're a fucking dog and you're like you know what I'm gonna watch you next time and then you see them progressively just start getting better and then you become a fan and then you meet them and they're really nice and they're like damn. He's a great person. Met Chris Curtis in uh, L.A. at the CBS show for Bellator. Really funny. <laughs> so fucking funny. He, funny. he had me laughing the whole time we were chatting. So we got to get him on the show uh, after this fight, hopefully. Uh, next fight. We got Michelle Watterson Gomez against Luana Pinheiro. That Ooh. is a, actually a really good fight. I, I love Michelle Watterson. And I think she's so talented. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's... Her, Obviously, the you know whole moniker of the karate hottie, and, and she had really good, you know, kicks and everything and stuff. But she, her ground game's good. She's got a good ground game. She's she's just a well-rounded fighter, but she's going up against a up-and-coming stud here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a tough fight. I love Michelle. Good. She she the way she throws her spinning kicks, the way she throws her side kicks. I love all of that. But in when you do that, it's a lot of energy. Yep. And trying to avoid that takedown, trying to avoid being pressed against the fence, trying to avoid not getting hit as you start to slow down because you throw so many of those things. That's where she kind of has faltered in her career. But she's fantastic, man. She's gotten so much better at her wrestling, her grappling, all of her transitions, her takedowns. Everything is a lot better. She's a full, full, complete fighter, man. When she first came into it, it was all just Taekwondo or kickboxing or karate style kicking and punching and everything. Now she's putting it all together. She's a fantastic fighter. Uh, is there any other of these fights you want to talk about on here, John? Nope. Nope. I want to give one person a little shout because she actually, her and her husband actually lived with me for a while when they were teaching at my gym was, uh, I call her Jackie, but, uh, Jackie Amarin. So she, her and her husband, her ex-husband, I should say now, uh, they used to teach for me at my gym called Knox and, uh, she's fantastic. She was, I think she won the LFA title. 
in jujitsu or not in jujitsu, but in, in fighting there. So she had, I, she had actually reached out to me about managing her for a little bit when she first started her MMA career. She's fantastic jujitsu player. She is nasty. She's a tiny little thing, yeah. but she's fantastic, man. Her jiu-jitsu is, she's got a long ways to go on her stand-up, and she's got some work to do, but she's she's really good. When she hits the ground, I would say I would put her right up there with Mackenzie Dern in terms of her gra- level of grappling. Right up there with Mackenzie Dern. So that's, she that's was cheating. a whole lot there, mister. It is. Well, she was young. So look at her very first Black Belt Worlds tournament. She got cheated in the finals, basically... And you watch the video, it was actually so public that they were like just fucking, everyone was ranting and rave about it. How she got cheated out of her her uh, gold medal in the finals for that. Anyways, she is a fantastic jiu-jitsu player. She's awesome. But she, I would put her up after that. She never competed again, I think, in the Worlds. And then she went straight to MMA. Started fighting after that. I think COVID had something to do with that too. Just like, hey, I'm done with jiu-jitsu. They weren't doing tournaments at the time. And, you know, and just... So, but yeah, keep an eye on her. She's got good jujitsu, and uh, take a you know take a look at that match. Be Should be good. To see. Congratulations to her making it to yeah, the UFC. Absolutely. You know. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's go PFL. PFL is coming up. And those of you guys, those of you guys from last week, we didn't we didn't talk about it in the middle of the week because we really just forgot. I have to be honest with you guys. I can't lie to you guys. We didn't talk about the PFL last week in the middle of the week, and uh, that's on our bad. So uh, we're making it up to you guys. We're talking about this week. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but we did we did talk about it the post show. We did talk about it in a post show. So, but this fight right here, Julia Bud versus Larissa Pacheco. John, what do you think, Bud? I tell you what, I thought Larissa Pacheco put on a great performance against uh, Kayla Harrison. She got the win. That was a big thing. She already had two losses against her, mm-hmm. and with because of the tournament, she may have never gotten that fight again. But because of the way they do their season. She fought her way to it. Mm-hmm. Great job. She's good. You know, she's got a very good ground game. She's stand, she'll stand and bang with anybody, you know. And uh, I look at Julia. I love Julia Bud as a person. She's just a sweetheart of a person. Uh, physically, she can be dominant. It's up here and a confidence yep. factor and a belief factor. Her, you know, her, her husband is Lance Gibson senior and you know he's got nothing but confidence in her but that sometimes just does not cross over into her performances she loses she ends up and she does exactly what i used to do when i was competing and stuff she she worries so much about losing that she doesn't compete at the level she can compete at at times yeah one of her best performances i ever saw was against cyborg when she lost because at least she was going after her and that's what she needs to do in this fight. If Julia Budd goes after Larissa Pacheco, she can win that fight. Go after her with a vengeance. Don't worry about losing. Don't worry about anything she does. Worry about what you do. Do that, and you can win this fight. Go in there and try to just let me let me sneak out. You know the rounds. You're gonna end up losing. So right before she fought Cyborg, I went on. I was on Rogan's show, and it was actually that week. And I had talked about how Julia Budd is the better technician. She's the better stand-up fighter than Chris Cyborg. Okay. She is. But when somebody doesn't respect your power and you get flustered every time you get hit and you, you know, like it doesn't matter how good your technique is. It doesn't matter if you are on paper the better kickboxer. 
the bottom line is if someone's not afraid to take your shot because you're not committed to throwing your power shots, then it doesn't matter how good your kickboxing is. And Chris Cyborg proved that. And so when I look at Larissa Pacheco, she, I don't, I don't think will be concerned with Julia Bud's power. She's not going to be concerned with what she's, what she brings to the table. Larissa Pacheco is going to walk right through whatever Julia Bud wants to do. And she's going to throw big punches, big strikes. And she's not afraid to go to the ground with her either. No. You know, and when you look at her fight against Kayla Harrison, she didn't care. It's like, okay, I'm down. Okay, to get myself back up, get to the top position, do and some she work, works, do some she damage. Does, she does all the right things to get herself back up. Yep. She works hard. She makes the person in the top position work to try to hold her there. She's good. Yeah. Julia Bud, I agree with. I basically just ditto everything that you said. Mentally, she's got to make the adjustment and just turn the switch and say, you know what? Fuck it. Whatever happens, happens. Bingo. That's and it. if you can't do that, it, there's the thing. John, at her age, what is she, 40, 41? At that age? She's right at 39, 40. 30, she's somewhere in there, Julia Bud. Yeah. I think she's 39. 39. So 39 years old, it's hard to get someone to mentally just flip that switch at 39 years yeah. old. Yeah. Because they they understand they've slowed down. They've understand that it's not what it was when they were 26, 28, 31, 34, whatever it is. Larissa Pacheco don't give a shit. And so, but this to me is Larissa Pacheco is also in a, in a gotcha fight. Yeah. This is one of those fights where you look like, I just beat Kayla Harrison. This fight, psh, I can beat her. No big deal. Come out there, probably didn't well, train as hard. Again, this is what we were talking about when we were talking about the PFL last week. Every time they have somebody that wins their tournament, gets that, you know, belt that it's, you, you, you're the, the season winner, but you're not their champion. They take that person and they put them in a tough fight in mm -hmm. the first uh, first go. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough go, but I think it depends on how Pacheco decided to train for this fight. Did she, does, does she take Julia Budd serious? Is she like, I just beat Kayla Harrison, man. Like that was the toughest fight in in this in this organization. I just beat her and I'm I'm the champ, but not yep. really the champ because now we're starting a new a new tournament. I'm good. I just made a million dollars. That's the other thing, John. Like, we've seen we've seen fighters in Bellator after they've won. They're not the same anymore. Yeah. Douglas Lima. They reached that that pinnacle. Yeah, Douglas Lima, he just Hasn't had much success since beating Roy McDonald for the million dollars in the tournament. And here we are now with Larissa. It, does she take her lightly or does she get the work done? That's what we're going to find out. Does she stay hungry? That's yep. the thing. Next fight. Bruno Capaloza against Mateus Shuffle, who had a fantastic uh, season last year. He really came on. He looked good throughout. He lost you know, in the finals and stuff. But this is a good match. I really like. I thought... I. In watching Capelos in his stand-up, he's good. He's entertaining. He's got power. Yep. I look at, you know, to me, he's the favorite in this fight. But uh, Mateus really came on last year and really showed improvements in yep. his game. So not as easy a fight as it would have been in prior ones. You got one guy that's really coming on, and we're going to see which Bruno comes out there because he was a world beater, you know, in one season. Then the next season... He had, he had some issues with guys, so we're going to see where yeah. he's at. John, Scheffel is talented. He's got a lot of – but do you – I see the growth like you see the growth. I think he's got a lot of potential to continue to win, to to carry on. But I go back to you were in the finals. You came up short. Those are the fighters that are now hungry. Should be. I think, ah, oh, I lost. I was you were one right. Step you were that close. From, 
Yep. And I don't see the same thing in Capelos that I saw in him two years ago, you know, whatever it was, you know, right after they came back after COVID. So we'll see. Uh, Jorgen DeCastro, speed, power, heavy hands. Heavy hands. Just comes aggressive. But Goldsoff. Come aggressive. Goldsoff's not bad. He's good. No, he's good. Not bad, but he's got to get through around, maybe around and a half of putting up with the power of Jorgen DeCastro, who's definitely got, he's got fast hands and heavy hands. So. When when you see an issue with with um with PFL, what's the issue that you see? Do you see any issues with them? Give me give me give me the top issue that you think. <sighs> let me let me start. Let me start to get out of the way. I've seen Sheffield and Capelosa fight now for the last in their tournaments for the probably the last three years. Same that, guys. That's that's what I would have told you. Is you, you just had their the start and they they already put Chris Wade and Bubba Jenkins together. And you're yep. seeing these redos of fights that you go, yep. you, you, it's it's yep. about well, and this is where rosters you can only you know carry so many people that you can actually get those fights for and stuff. So you know that's why the yep. UFC's roster is amazing at you know 600 650 people. So you don't have that same thing. Well, when you've got a, a roster of 180 to 200 people, you know I don't even know if they have that this that's where yeah. you'll get that you get a lot of redos you know mm-hmm. so we'll it's see. something that you know you gotta they've got to try to work within but sometimes it's not easy because there's nowhere else for you to put the guy in getting the fight or the girl so yeah. next fight Heenan Ferreira against Rizvan Kuniev I'm being honest I've watched Kuniev fight one time good I've watched Heenan Ferreira fight one time good different in the way they approach the fight uh, it'll be an interesting heavyweight fight. You just never know because of the power. Cooney have got way better wrestling than mm. Ferreira. We're going to see what's going to happen. John, I'm be honest. Oh, I haven't seen either one of these Never guys seen fight. either one. Neither <laughs> one of them. That's all right. Neither one of them. Uh, you I have the... seen the next one. I've seen both these ladies fight. Yeah. Okay. And this is my okay. And this is my point. Here you got Aspen Lad has done well in. Uh, you know her career done well in the PFL and just stepping in, going against Olena. Let's be honest. Olena, as far as stand-up, it's okay. Zero ground yeah. game. Zero. Not good at all. And you look and you go, this is here's the difference when you look at the Pacheco versus Bud fight. I'm not saying that Larissa can't get rid of her. She could, but it's going to be a tough one. So we'll say that she gets a decision win. Three points. Aspen Ladd's going to get rid of her in the first round. Six points. Yep. And that's where they do this. And I go, yeah, it just, just doesn't seem right. There has to be at least a ranking to put them in that way. The other thing, though, is is Alina really one of one forty five? I doubt it. <coughs> Pretty big. I th- she's tiny. She was heavy the last time she fought at one fifty five. Oh, really? Yep. Ah, I think t- take a look. Did she not fight at one fifty five in her last? Look at wait one fifty five. Yeah, it says wait. Yeah, that's usually when the last we mm. Yep. Mm. She's also tall. John, you, I'm thinking of the other. I'm thinking of the other. Um, the one that used to fight for for Bellator, the good kickboxer. Oh, you think of like Marina? Tall, Marina. Marina. Yeah, she was from Poland. All right, I think. No, Russia. Where was she from? Russia. Okay. Russia. Yeah, she she was a really good kickboxer. But I'm like, she was tiny. Okay, I mean, Aspen Lad should get her out of there. You're saying like within the first round? Should. She's smart. Take the fight to the ground. All right. Any other fights on this card you want to talk about? 
I look. <laughs> I like Amber Librock. She's a she's a tough fighter. She fights out of the San Jose area, so yep. good. She's fantastic. Up. She's got that win over um, what was her name? Uh, Does she have a win over Janae Hardy? Look, click on her name. No, Librock to the right. Oops. Yep, there you <laughs> go. So glad you're paying attention. No, the girl that came from uh, yeah, no, the right. UFC. Scroll it's down. It. No, Wait. that was right, Dave. You had Lyrock. it right. Let's go. Okay, let's. let's I was on her, and you said it wasn't. Okay. Scroll down. Scroll. I didn't okay. say it. Okay. Let's scroll. There scroll. you go. She beat. Who did she beat? She beat Janae Harding, like I said. She beat. Um, oh, scroll. She beat Janae Harding. Scroll down more. What's the name? God, who was? Oh, maybe she didn't. I thought it was a different. Scroll back up. And I, ah, she beat I, Marina Shafir, who was a judo player, Ronda Rousey's Gosh. friend. Mm. Nope, I don't know. I must be thinking of uh, did she? I thought she beat somebody else, but she didn't. Jessica Borga lost to Megan. Oh, she's on a three All fight right. win streak, so that's good for her because she she had some problems when she was in Bellator. Yeah, she's good though. She's tough. She's gritty. She comes forward. She's got a good push kick. She just keeps she's walking long down. And she's got good stand up. But again, Tall, long and lanky. The ground Tall. is not her friend. No, definitely not. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our PFL talk. Dave, when's this sh- when's this, this show on? Friday night? PFL is on the uh, 7th, which is 5, <clears throat> 6, 7. Yep, Friday. Friday night. <laughs> UFC is on Quick Saturday answer. night pay-per-views. Yeah. Yep. And uh, is there anything else you got for us, Dave? Any yeah. news? Yeah, so I got one more thing to wrap up on. Um, it came Let's out. Go. It came out while we were filming. So I got to pose this question to you guys. Is Francis asking for too much? Because the BKFC president came out and said, David Feldman said, that they're not doing a deal with Francis because they feel like he's asking for unrealistic money. Well, yeah. I can tell you this. I'm not going to sit there and say what Francis is asking for. But David Feldman is a guy that he'll give a lot of money. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, Francis is asking for a lot of money. And he's asking for a lot of freedoms and things like that. And, Look, that's his right to do that. Mm-hmm. But this is what happens is, and this is where it hurts to a point, is you do all this good work and you become a champion and then you get this ability to be on the free agent market and mm-hmm. you say, well, this is my value. And then you have someone like David Feldman saying, no, it's not. And that hurts. Here's the thing. The, people have managers because manager, fighters get involved with they believe in what their value is. That's bad. It's always higher than what the reality is. And that's why majority of people have managers also so they don't so have you, to deal with the matchmakers and the promoters talking shit to them because they, if you were to actually listen in on some good. of the shit that they say about you, it's not, it's not good. good. It's not good. It's their job to downplay you when it comes contract time, but then they talk you up when it's fight time. After they've got the deal done with yeah. you, you're the greatest fighter that ever lived. Um, David Feldman is someone that will obviously pay. I mean, yep. I heard. Uh, oh, he, look, we we talked to Eddie Alvarez. He's like, man. So I don't know if I'm gonna fight. Like, he's like, that's. He's like, it's like being a stripper and going full nude. He's like, ah, I don't think so. What's look wrong with going full now. nude? It depends. It depends on your moral compass. But <laughs> obviously, obviously, John doesn't have one. So <laughs> thank you very much. Um, but look at look at where Eddie Alvarez is now, coming up. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like, hey, the pay is there. There's oh, absolutely yeah. pay there. Yep. So uh, best of luck to Francis. But I remember what I said. I said this before he left the UFC. 
you better have that contract yeah, that was the with mistake. Tyson Fury in hand. That was the mistake. Because this is the one time, not the one time, I've agreed with Dana White several times, is that you either want to fucking fight or you don't. Because now that you've got a guy who's willing to pay a lot of money, and like someone like David Feldman, who's willing to pay a lot of money, and Dana White was willing to pay him a lot of money, and you're still not wanting to fight, what do you want? Be real. You obviously right now don't want to fight. Whatever that is, you don't want to fight. No one's going to pay you that amount of money because it seems like these are the two guys that one has the deepest pockets to pay you the most and the other one is willing to pay you the most. These other promotions, PFL and Bellator and One, they ain't paying you that. They don't want to pay you that much. So well, you, I'm interested to see where he's going to go. No matter what, when you're a promoter, you got to look and say, what's my return? Yeah. And you have to have a return on your investment because that's a big investment. So we're going to find out where Francis lands. All right, guys. Hey, that's going to wrap up our show for this, our midweek show. Go to WayneInMerch.com, pick up some of our hoodies and our sweatshirts and short sleeves. It's been beautiful outside today. uh, I'd say it's like in the 65, 68, but it feels nice because there's no clouds in the sky and the sun is beating down on us. So pick up all that merch at WayneInMerch.com. And also, go to OnlyFans.com slash in. It's free. Subscribe to us. It is free. Subscribe to us there at OnlyFans.com slash in. You guys can submit your fan questions there. You guys, if you have to hit us up in the DMs, whatever it is you guys would like to see. I'm not showing you my butthole. Okay, but we can. you can request some other things. You guys want to know some techniques? You let me know. You guys want to talk to Big John about something? He won't show you his butthole either. I will okay, not. But... You don't want to see, <laughs> but we will. We'll have. We'll love to engage with you guys more on that platform. And uh, John, take us away, bud. Sixty-five. It's cold where you're at. Eighty degrees here, baby. Eighty. Jeez, man. That's right, man. Nice and toasty for everyone out there. Thank you for listening, and we will see you.